This is All Things ANSYS, a podcast from the technical support staff at PADT. Episode 42, a look at ANSYS Mechanical 2019 R2 and a review of news and events in the world of ANSYS. Hello there, I'm Eric Miller, one of the owners here at PADT. And uh, welcome to episode 42 of the podcast. We're back here home, or I'm back here home in Phoenix for a while. And uh, we can just say it's hot. I won't go any more into it. Uh, everyone here at PADT is really swamped uh, and running a bit behind. We were supposed to record this podcast a couple of days ago. I uh, got it done this late late this afternoon on Monday. Um, so we'll make that a little short and kind of get to the, the brass tacks and get you on as well. Um, we've got 12,334 total downloads and 41 episodes. So that's exactly at 300 once again. And uh, today we're going to go jump right into a discussion. Ted Harris and Joe Woodward uh, have been super busy preparing for a couple of events and a couple of trainings. Um, but they found 30 minutes to talk with me in the uh, Santan room, which you will hear is a little bit of a noisy room. But uh, we had a great discussion about ANSYS 2019 R2 for ANSYS Mechanical. We only scratched the surface, um, There's a, but these are the kind of the, the things that we thought everybody should know about and uh, would benefit from knowing about. And we'll talk a little bit about more, how to learn more about what is in R2. But let's uh, let's listen to Ted and, and Joe tell us what's there. Hi there. Welcome to us today in the Santan room at the PDT's headquarters in Tempe, Arizona. And we're here to talk about the mechanical R2. Uh, before we get started, a little bit of an apology for all the background hum and noise. I'm going to try and take it out electronically, but um, it's 111 degrees outside and we can't turn off enough air conditioners to get rid of the constant background white noise. So I'm joined by uh, Joe and Ted today. So why don't you introduce yourself, Joe, first? I'm Joe Woodward. I'm the lead trainer here at PADT, and I've been using ANSYS for 23 years. And this is Ted Harris. I manage our simulation support group here at PADT, and I've been using ANSYS for three decades or so. And this is the uh, second release of ANSYS uh, for the year 2019. Remember, we changed uh, the num numbering scheme to have the year, and this is R2. So first off, is it valid for me to say that this is not a point release, that this has got lots of good stuff in it? Yes, definitely. They're making a point to put more features in in each release. Not just wait for that, that big release at the beginning of the year. Right. Yeah. Yeah, see, the, the size of the official update presentation is just about the same size as it was for R1. Right. Which is massive. Which is massive. <laughs> yeah. So they're very busy. Uh, the thing I want to talk about first and kind of get it out of the way, which we've touched on before in the podcast, is the biggest change when you log in into ANSYS Mechanical is the new ribbon toolbar at the top. Who wants to talk about that? Ted, you wrote a pretty good article about it. you have anything to say about it? Yeah. Um, well, first off, it's nothing to be afraid of because even if you know you've been using the the prior interface for a lot of years or or just you know, for a brief period of time, it's not substantially different. I mean, the the orientation of the the windows is the same. You still have the tree on the left. The graphics take up the bulk of the screen. You still have the messages down at the bottom. You still have the details area down at lower left. It's just uh, what uh, appears across the top is a different way of uh, displaying the, the various options for depending on what you've 
uh, selected in the tree. So it's just a, a refresh, a more modern interface, and it's got some really nice features. For example, the the search. Um, yes. That's not what Ansys calls it, but that's what I call it. So if there's something you can't easily find, there's a field at the upper right where you just type in what it is you're looking for, and it will take you right there. So that's yeah, really true. nice. That's what kept me from panicking when I first logged in, because I'm like, oh, crap. They did. I knew it was coming, and I logged in, and I'm like, oh, it's here. Uh, uh, where Where is – and then I realized I could just type in what I was looking for. It would take me right there. Wow. Uh, so I didn't – it wasn't lost. Yeah, that and there is a 12-page or so automatic – uh, guide to the new user interface that pops up right. uh, when you when you get in, um, and, and it'll it'll keep popping up until you turn it off. So don't turn it off. Don't ignore it. Set aside ten to fifteen minutes to go through it, and it'll save you hours probably of hunting around trying to figure out the new interface. The only thing I have to get used to is as you go pick different locations in the tree. Mm -hmm. The context ribbon changes, but it doesn't automatically jump to that ribbon. Ah. So if you're looking for something as you you think you can just pick on the tree, mm -hmm. you still have to go to the context ribbon, ribbon. You know, yeah. to find those things. Find those right. Things. That's true. And for example, something like tools solve process settings. Mm -hmm. I, at first, I kind of struggled to find that a little bit, but then I realized now it's actually right there. So if you're trying to turn on distributed computing and give it the number of cores you want to solve on, it's actually much easier to get yeah. to that setting now with the new ribbon interface. Visible on the ribbon itself. Right. So, so far I've found it better, but you know, change is difficult for old people like me. I think uh, you know, it was an old, the interface had been around for close to 15 years, I think. Well, 10. 10? It was 10 since the last upgrade. Ansys 12.0 mm -hmm. in 2009, early 2009. Okay. That's when the current mechanical Perfect. interface was introduced. And it's really a testament to how well it works. And yeah. it lasted literally over 10 years, yeah. right yeah. about 10 years. I think mm -hmm. it just got to the point that they kept adding functionality yeah. and kept adding much. toolbars. <laughs> and there was just too many toolbars. So it's almost like you get another do. monitor for your toolbar. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was due for a refresh, but I really like how they've done it because it doesn't, you know, make you lost mm -hmm. the instant you, you load the new version. So it and still has the familiar look and yeah. feel, at least to me. So. In, in, in our time using the code of over three decades, we've been through more than one GUI change, including the introduction of a GUI, which we thought was stupid. Why can't we just type everything in? Um, the This is the first one where I haven't heard a lot of grumbling. It's just kind of like, oh, this is cool. So it's good stuff. Definitely try it out. Don't panic. Um, and uh, get to know it. So, And I guess one thing to be aware of, there is a service pack that has been released okay. for... The issue I'm aware of is if you had your own user-defined material libraries that contained, I think, secant coefficient of thermal expansion, yeah, it was um, kind there of was a, a glitch where okay. the materials window in the new interface was showing up blank. Yeah. And so th there was a workaround to to bring back the, the old appearance for that, but the service pack takes care of that problem. And yeah, I, maybe that segues into the next thing, yeah. which is you can now access material properties from within the mechan mechanical window. Without going to engineering data. Engineering you can data. still use engineering yeah. data, um, but you can now uh, go out and search for materials and select materials right within the mechanical window. That's nice. Yeah. That's a big change. Uh, Joe, what's your what's your favorite change out there or something that you think people should know about? Um, 
in the in the GUI itself? No, the whole whole oh, the release, okay. just the whole release. Yeah. Um, I kind of like the the level set topology optimization. Yeah. That's kind of a big a big jump. Um, all the the past used a density based topology optimization to turn elements on and off. Mm-hmm. Now the level set actually pushes the nodes out and morphs the geom- morphs the mesh and the geometry along with it um, to get you that optimized shape. You don't, you don't have that clunky, chunky, like, yeah, it, blocks anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's much smoother when it comes out. Um, and there's quite a few uh, new constraints on the topology okay. optimization. The... Uh, um, Different pull-out directions and things. So if you're if you're molding a part, uh-huh. you can have that as one of the constraints. So okay. pull out from a mold and things like that. That's that's important. Yeah, I think these, that's, that was one of the shortcomings. I know a lot of people have been playing with competitive tools and found them okay, but they did things a little bit more than we did. Uh, now I think with this new release, we've got a lot of the functionality that people were asking for. Um, like like those constraints and things, um, and and Ted talked about it a little bit earlier. It's kind of unrelated, but it's related. In Discovery Live, you can do topological as well, which is just wicked cool. Yeah, yeah it's so fast. Um, so topological or top opt. What I keep on hoping people change the name of top opt because I waste too much time saying topological opt. Yeah, top opt. <laughs> top opt. I'll take that. Um, is is a new addition. Um, what about what about you, Ted? What what's got you excited? Well, we've already talked about two big ones in my mind: the new ribbon interface and level set topology yeah. optimization. So I'll pick a kind of minor one, but I think it's still something that a lot of us, maybe for a lot of years, have said. You know, it'd be great if this was there, and I wonder why it's not. And that is the deformation scale on a result plot can now show up on the legend directly on the plot. Oh, good. So before you had to refer up to the menu setting to see what the deformation scale was. And by that, I mean, how much is our deflection exaggerated when we're looking at a deformed result plot? Is it so only one or 10? Right. One. So if you're doing a nonlinear uh, structural analysis by default, the deformation scale will be set to 1.0, but you can manually change it. Or if you're doing a, a linear analysis, it'll auto scale. And so now you have the ability to have it display what that distortion or de- deformation scale is directly on the plot. Uh, so that inf- information is contained right within the plot. That is I thought, I thought of something else I really like. It's What's the, that? Uh, new command snippets. Yeah. They finally got it where as you start to type, it'll show you the arguments yes. of the command. So anybody who's used yeah, to MAPDL, mm-hmm. it'll show you, and it, it does like yeah. pedal used to. It was, yes. it, it'll tell completion. you which comma you're on mm-hmm. is the big thing. So you don't have to count your commas right. anymore for, for those, some of those commands. That, that's very handy. So for those of you that don't, don't know, for a long time, Matt Sutton uh, had written a program called Pedal, which was an APDL editor. And we used it a lot here. And one of the, my favorite features of it, besides the integrated help, was that it did that uh, comment, told you what, where you were in the command. And it's good to see that that's in the interface. That's a that's a big time saver. And even prior to that, just in the old mechanical APDL interface, once you started typing a command, as soon as it recognized it, mm-hmm. it would display the, On the old text. Yeah. yeah. And that's so that's what this does. Just a single thing. Yeah. So that's really handy. That's really cool. Um, 
normal speed increases. I, I know they're, they're always in there tweaking the solver. I think there was some stuff in this one, right? Yeah, there's quite a few charts on, on speed ups. Let me see if I can find uh, some numbers for you. So I, I know the developers are constantly working away at speeding things up and trying to get it to work on more cores and taking out old code that just doesn't run fast on new processors. And yeah, so for one example is the scaling for contact regions involving normal Lagrange method, yep. the scaling has been improved. Good. Because that, that you kind of had a penalty there in the past when you were scaling across you, multiple. You would, reach a limit yeah. and now for a couple of different example models they're showing scaling up through you know 32 or more cores oh, nice. and on another one even up to 128 or 256 cores so you're, you know model. it used to be not that many years ago we would say you know your sweet spot is really six to eight cores yeah. and beyond that you're not going to see much of a benefit that is certainly no longer true Mm -hmm. There is a, a major benefit for going to multiple cores these days. And fewer and fewer of those features that have that penalize you, like like Lagrange, full Lagrange now is available. Right. Yeah. And now the uh, uh, well, they added substructuring into Workbench itself right. in, in R1, mm -hmm. uh, but they uh, now the expansion pass for those uh -huh. condensed parts they're showing uh, like a 20 times speed up. Oh wow! For uh, on, on well on 256 cores, mm -hmm. uh, but it's fairly linear uh, on Sweet. up there for to be able to do that. So, so, so that's something I wanted to talk about because one of my one of my things for decades has been um, large object structural analysis. Let's say rockets, cars, airplanes. That's been the domain of another piece of software, which shall remain nameless for, for many, 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 many years. They haven't really changed it too much over the years, but that's kind of been the way people have solved these large large structural and, and vibration problems on these things. But now we've got APDL math. We've got substructuring built into uh, mechanical. Um, I think there were some enhancements to the uh, Craig Bampton method. Was that right? The CMS? Yeah. What was it? Yeah. So they've added some new uh, constraints there. So that's another thing that those of you who do large structures want your free free or fix fix or I can never yeah, remember yeah, all the different exactly. permutations. Yeah. Um, yeah, nobody remembers Craig or Bampton. I, I assume they've retired, but uh, they're the ones that came up with that decades and decades ago. Um, so th if you haven't looked at this, these are these are things that allow you to model very large structures in a simplified way. So we cre create these substructures, these reduced matrices. We solve using those, uh, and then we do these expansion passes that Joe was talking about much faster. So if you're still using, your company's still on the structure side using that other piece of software, uh, that will still remain nameless. It may be time to yeah. It, it may be time to start looking at using Ansys to do some of your newer models. You know, um, and of course we can import those files as well and and trade matrices between the two codes. So uh, that whole world for me, it, it's all it's been a long time coming, and I know the developers are working really hard on uh, meeting customer input on that. And I'll do a little plug. If you are a user of that other code and you and you like to give input as to what we need to do, uh, do let, let your support provider know because uh, we want to make sure we provide tools that are better than what's out there already.
so anything else in vibration? I think that's the only big change. Well, uh, people may not be aware, but ANSYS has really put a lot of development in the last few years into rotor dynamics. Yes. And that continues with 2019 R2. Uh, there's a uh, bearing modeling capability with uh, Fluid 218. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, that element itself is not new at 2019 R2. Uh, but it has additional capability to handle uh, non-cylindrical bearings. So just uh, you know, adding the, yeah. the types of things that you can model. So like a taper bearing type of thing right. or something. Yeah. Nice. So, so a lot of people are still using academic codes or in-house codes for the rotor dynamics. You should, once again, take a look at ANSYS. They've been putting a lot of effort into that in the dynamics world. Um, what about on the structural side, uh, stress side? Anything new or different there? Uh, yeah, they now uh, inside of Workbench you can do the, the mixed dimensional analysis, which that is we, fascinating. That is finally there. Right, yeah. uh, we've done it for years and years mm -hmm. um, in mechanical APDL. This is where you take a, uh, uh, you can have an axisymmetric part. Um, and have either axis metric or plane stress mm -hmm. elements in there, uh, or now uh, 3D parts with plane stress parts uh, attached to them, things okay. like that. Um, so now that is inside of uh, inside of Workbench. You can control uh, whether a part is 2D um, plane stress, axis metric, plane strain, um, or then the 3D parts as well. So. Yeah. Another feature that was new at 2019 R1 was the semi-implicit method right. for yes. uh, structural analyses where the solver can automatically switch between implicit and explicit solving techniques if the, the situation warrants based on the physics of the problem. And that continues to be uh, enhanced and developed. So at 2019 R1, that was you know the initial release of that capability. And so th there's been some robustness, robustness enhancements mm -hmm. in R2, uh, which can help with the transition back to implicit once it's solved using the explicit method. But you know, it's a, a really uh, interesting and beneficial technique for a certain class of highly nonlinear structural problems in that you know the code can start solving using the implicit solver. And if uh, the situation warrants, it can switch to explicit back to implicit, back to explicit, and it's pretty good. Cool. So it allows you to do some of these more long duration things right. that aren't really good for explicit, mm -hmm. but so that portion of the code is run in implicit, right. but in these really nonlinear impact type mm -hmm. things, it'll switch to the explicit codes. And nice. And we also have access to the uh, nonlinear adaptive region capability if needed. So that's another capability that you can turn on where the code will automatically remesh if there is excessive distortion in, in one area of the model. So, so all three of these things we just talked about, the combining the 2D and the 3D, or the axisymmetric and the 3D, the implicit, explicit, back and forth, and then the nonlinear remeshing capability. These are all things that experts have been doing for a long time that it took a long time to figure out how to do it. It was very, you know, sensitive to do it just right. Um, now it's in mechanical. So these are, if you kind of avoided that kind of fancy nonlinear stuff, take a look at it again. Um, you know, if you do anything that spins, 
probably that 2D, 3D part is going to be really exciting to you. Um, you know, if you want to model a three-stage blower, say, you don't want to do that all in 360 degrees. You want to you want to model just a single blade per row, and then you know axisymmetric on the parts that are axisymmetric. And now you can iterate really fast. You can get results really fast. You can do a lot more in less time. So it's more capable. And same with the implicit explicit. I know there's a lot of there's a large class of problems that um, um, that fits into. If you don't need it, you don't need it. But if you do, wow, this is going to be big. And do give feedback on it to development because it is still under development. What else you guys got? Uh, just looking through some of the uh, usability enhancements. So one big one is the the bolt pretensions. Before, okay. if you had a you know say you had a hundred bolts, you had to put a bolt pretension on each one. It was a little laborious. Yeah, yeah. or you or you could have it on all of them, but then the the um, the amount of pre-stress you're putting on is the total for all the bolts. Yes. So now they just put it in an option there to say, well, no. The value you're putting in is per bolt. Per bolt. So you can have one pretension and have it set per bolt nice. for the whole hundred, and you get the reactions out from each one. That's that's I'm sure one that a lot of people have been asking for for some time. Yeah. Good. Ted. An interesting one is capability that used to be in the code and then wasn't for a while is now back, and that's something called multilinear elasticity. So yeah. this allows you to define a uh, multilinear stress strain curve that you know you're, allows you to have nonlinear material response, but the uh, response is fully elastic. There's no accumulated plasticity. So there are certain customers of ours that in the past have used this um, and now can use it again, and it supports the 180 series of elements as well as the similar. Uh, 270, 280 series of elements that are a little bit newer. Neat. Yeah, that's a it's another one of those features that most people don't even think about. But if you need it, wow, it, it's a it's a big deal. Um, we're kind of wrapping up here. I know you guys got to get off to a, to some new stuff, some other stuff. Anything else you want to impart wisdom? You want to impart to the users on uh, on what's in this new release? Yeah, there's just a lot there. I mean, the release notes are always a great source. Yes. I mean, we've just kind of hit some highlights that, uh, you know, tickle our fancy a little right. bit. But, you know, based on what your individual needs are, there may be, you know, several new uh, capabilities or enhancements to existing capabilities that may uh, really benefit you. So, yeah, just these update charts for both mm -hmm. R1 and R2 total together are like 370 charts. Wow. There's a lot in there. There is yeah. a lot in there, yes. So so you're doing a webinar uh, this week, right, Joe? On right, on Wednesday. Wednesday. Uh, kind of going through a little more in-depth mm -hmm. on, on uh, R2. Be a full hour, yeah, right. looking at it. And it'll be visual, so that's the advantage of the webinar over the podcast. Yep. Um, I, I want to reemphasize what Ted said. Uh, we've always said you should read the release notes. That now that you know, Zansis has gotten bigger and they've got got more uh, R and D money. They're adding more and more features every release. You got to read the release notes. It, it's we try to cover the important things. Whoever your support provider is is going to try and cover the important things. The blog will, but there may be stuff in there that you really need that you need to be aware of. So you don't have to read it line for line. But what I do is I just skim the table of contents and look for something that excites me and then go for that. Uh, definitely, that's in the help. 
uh, for every ANSYS product, but uh, definitely for mechanical on this release, it's worth reading. There's a lot in there. Try it out. If you have any problems, reach out. If you highlight the project in your in your tree, yeah. highlight the project branch, and then go to the worksheet, it will bring up the oh, that's kind of new visual release notes. Oh, I didn't know that. That's new. Yeah. Yeah. Or has it been They've around for a while? I just the last couple of, yeah, okay. last couple of versions, yeah. That's one of those things I just kind of ignore. Yeah. <laughs> they started in 1900. Okay, so it's right there, so you can see kind of the highlights, then you can go deeper if you need to. Um, there's a lot there, and if you don't find something you need, let us let your support provider or PDU support provider know. Well, thank you, Joe and Ted. I know you guys have a lot going on this week, so I appreciate your time, and we will talk to you soon, hopefully, about yet another aspect of the ANSYS software set. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, thank you. Looking forward to it. Okay, that was a really good discussion. Uh, we did have to cut it short because they had to head off to another event. But uh, do sign up for the seminar or the webinar on Bright Talk. So that's brighttalk.com. Search for PADT and you'll find all of our webinars. And you can listen to it live on Wednesday while Joe is talking, or you can listen to the recording anytime you want in the future. So please do do that. And uh, as we talked about near the end. We just scratched the surface. There's a lot going on. I really recommend you check out those release notes. Um, they're invaluable. So uh, that's our word for wisdom. I uh, hope you enjoyed that discussion. Now let's take a pause for a commercial break. On these podcasts, we have a lot of fun talking about, well, all things ANSYS. From new features to reminiscing about the good old days of batch input files, only a few listens will convey the fact that we really are passionate about this set of software tools. Did you know that you can have that passion and experience at your service to help you purchase and use tools from ANSYS? PADT is an ANSYS Elite Channel Partner, and if you live in the southwestern United States, you can purchase your licenses and get your support from the people on this podcast. As you can tell by listening, we not only know the tools, we know how they are applied by users in real-world situations to drive product development. Get more value from your ANSYS investment by working with PADT to manage and enhance that investment. If you are located in Southern California, Arizona, Utah, Nevada, New Mexico, Colorado, or Texas, and you are interested in exploring ANSYS as your simulation solution, adding to your existing ANSYS products, or simply getting support from the experts who go the extra mile to make you productive, contact PADT at 480 813 4884 or send an email to sales at padtinc.com. We are here to make sure you get the most of your investment in the fantastic suite of tools from ANSYS Inc. And don't worry, even though the email says sales at padtinc.com, our sales experience is just like the podcast, knowledgeable and interactive with some fun sprinkled in. Give us a call or send us an email. And thank you for listening to our little commercials. Now, back to our podcast. Okay, thanks for your patience and listening to that. And hopefully uh, some of you will reach out and we'll uh, uh, do some more business together. Now let's take a look at the news. The most important thing to talk about is the ANSYS stock. Uh, today is Monday, July 29th, and the ANSYS stock finished the day at only $210.66. I say only because it was up to $215.39 a few days ago. So it's been doing quite well. Um, the corporate 
uh, people are releasing their Q2 numbers on August 9th, I believe is the date. I could be wrong, plus or minus a day or so. But uh, they're in a silent period right now, so there's not a lot of news coming out or talk coming out. But uh, we look forward to seeing how those numbers come out and see how that impacts the uh, stock price as well as what they're going to be doing in the future. So next time we talk, hopefully we'll see um, what they had to say and how that impacted the price. I always do like to go through the discussion with the investors and discuss what was discussed. So uh, just to bring you up to date relative to the S&P 500, ANSYS, even with a little bit of dip in the last couple of days, is up 54.86% for year to date. And the S&P is, uh, standard is up 23.6%, so definitely still outperforming by quite a bit S&P. We don't have any ANSYS news to report because, like I said, they were in a silent period. There was one press release to bring to your attention. They did announce a new VP of marketing. Her name is Lynn Ledwith. And I did get a chance to actually meet her and have dinner with her with a bunch of other people uh, during the event that I was at with the other channel partners in Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago. Uh, she was really smart and funny and very knowledgeable about technology and marketing. And we're really looking forward to seeing what she does with the ANSYS message and and uh, we should all benefit from uh, better content and uh, modern, more modern delivery methods as she puts her experience uh, with digital marketing um, to task here at uh, in the ANSYS world. So we look forward to seeing her contribution and, and sharing the word about ANSYS out there um, in the greater world. Um, three articles. I like to pick three articles from the ANSYS blog that I recommend. Uh, the first one is called, What is the Future of Hydropower? Water Turbine Designs that Ramp Up for Peak Energy Demands. Uh, renewable energy is a big hot topic. Um, Hydro is my favorite renewable energy. Uh, I don't know why I like it so much, but I really do. Uh, maybe it's because we have a lot of cool dams here in Arizona. But uh, do check out that article. There's a, there's a lot of things that people are doing to use hydro for peak energy demand and redesigning the turbines and modernizing the whole um, turbines and generators is part of that. So check that out. Also, as all of you should know, we're just finished celebrating the um, the 50th anniversary of the landing on the moon, Apollo 11. And there's a really good article about uh, how, uh, but the kind of the impact of the whole Apollo program and and actually setting foot on the moon for the first time, um, and then tying that to startups today and how they're filling the void of these large governmental space programs. And it's a pretty interesting article from the people at ANSYS who work with startups quite a bit. So. Uh, a good perspective on that. And then the third one is getting a little more technical. It's aerospace materials data management helps engineers design, certify, and audit aircraft. So as you know, uh, ANSYS purchased a company called Granta, which does a lot of things with material. I'm not going to say it's a material database because I, the more I learn about it, the more I realize that's just a small portion of what it does. We will talk about it in a upcoming podcast. But uh, do check out, this is a great application of Granta to help engineers be more productive and effective. So it gives you kind of a, a look at what the tool can do, and hopefully we'll pique your interest into looking at it more. Um, we're, the more we look at it, the more we think everybody should have some portion of Granta's tool set. Um, uh, it's just a really powerful thing because we all need materials. We all need to pick materials. I got nothing uh, news-wise for PADT or blogging-wise for PADT. Uh, hopefully, we'll have something to announce uh, in two weeks um, that should be some interest to you. Um, and... Uh, just a reminder for those of you here in Arizona, I'm going to be at the AZ Tech Council CEO retreat next week in the cooler 
not necessarily cool, but cooler mountains of Prescott, Arizona. So I'm really looking forward to that, uh, spending some time with um, executives from the technology sector here in the state. That's about all we have. Uh, well, July is almost over. Uh, August is, doesn't have a lot going on. So in September, um, we will be at Experience IT in New Mexico. That's their Tech Council event, their big Tech Council event for the year. So we look forward to seeing those of you who are New Mexico users come out for that. I will be at the Rocky Mountain Life Sciences Investor and Partnering Conference in Avail. That's not why I'm going, but it is a fringe benefit that I'm going to be there. And our big event in September is our third annual Colorado Additive Manufacturing Day, which we hold at a brewery down the street from our Littleton office. And everyone's welcome. You don't have to be an additive manufacturing user. We have Ansys will be talking. There'll be some ANSYS folks there, uh, as well as people from industry and uh, some of the other vendors we work with. We've got a celebrity speaker. Uh, it's pretty cool. So check out our website uh, for all these events and click on the information link on them on our calendar, and you will learn more about each of them. So like I said, keeping it short. Thanks. Uh, it sums it up. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I really appreciate Ted and Joe taking some time that they really didn't have to talk to us about uh, mechanical at R2. 2019 R2. Don't forget to subscribe uh, to all of PADT's publications at www.padtinc.com slash opt-in. Spread the word about what we do here and the podcast, and don't hesitate to reach out. Um, we always like to hear from our listeners. So everybody have a great rest of the week. Thank you for joining us for the All Things Answers podcast, episode 42. As a reminder, this podcast is not affiliated in any way with Answers Inc., and the opinions expressed are those of the people on the show only and not of their current or former employers. For more information, visit www.padtinc.com slash blog, and please share your thoughts and questions through an email to podcast at padtinc.com. See you next time.